Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to Fringe with Benefits. Stacy here. Just rolling through life like all of you, exasperated with the stupidity and insanity of the people around us and the state of things, right? Staying positive and optimistic always, probably to a fault. But I'm not ignoring the perplexity of the timeline, the dishonesty of many, and the mockery of our values as people who appreciate and see the importance of human rights. I come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Time for business. Love doing business. Really want to hear from all of you guys. I'm on all the social medias. You can find the show at the Fringe with Benefits Facebook page. Inward Survival has a Facebook page. In case you didn't know, there is a nonprofit. My Facebook fan page is at Stacy Leo Sorio. My Twitter is at Stacy Fringe. Go follow that. Here we go again. Go follow that page, and I will, I will be really appreciative. My Instagram is at Golden underscore Valkyrie. YouTube is at Golden Valkyrification. I am on Rumble and BitChute. Golden Valkyrie. You're going to find me. Same name, parlor, parlay, whatever you want to call it. Gab, except there's an underscore, golden underscore Valkyrie. Telegram channel is fire. That's where all the good stuff is. That's where there's no censorship. Fringe with benefits. Go subscribe today. MeWe is Stacy McCauley. I'm not a big fan of that site, so you're not going to see me a whole lot on there, but there is one. And then there's a bunch of other platforms that I have yet to sign up for, but I am super interested. So I have to figure out what those are. And as soon as I create an account, I'll let you know where I'm at because we need to have options, people. Inward Survival's website is inwardsurvival.com. There are ways to donate to the nonprofit there, and you can find this show over there as well. And listen from your desktop if you want. I think they automatically upload to my website, but I really need to hire a webmaster for sure because I'm not really consistent on making sure I put new content up there. But I have been pretty stinking busy trying to develop other aspects of my career. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, go give me a rating and review. Five stars would be great. It'll help us get seen. Or if you want to critique the show, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Share the show. Like-minded people may enjoy it. There are going to be some people you may not want to send this to, especially people that don't like bad words. Fringe with Benefits has this anchor homepage. If you click the support the show button, there are options for subscription. If you would like to give to the show, I do take half of all of that. And that goes into Inward Survival's account. Thank you to our subscribers. You are boss. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Hit me up because I want to hear from people. Okay. Here we are at the accountability segment where I go back into my past like last week and reflect on things that I said in the podcast or you know share some experience of what I happen might happen to be going through. Okay, so first I want to talk about the new Naked and Afraid XL. The promos are super fun to watch. I don't really watch the show. I'd rather be doing it than watching, but I do love to see how people fare in horrid conditions. I have had a lot of thoughts about turning down the opportunity to be there And even one of the producers told me to get off the couch. Maybe next year you'll get off the couch. Well, sir, funny thing is, I'm honing my survival skills. They are being fortified to handle the greatest challenge of all. And that would be our lives. 
I'm bug out ready always. And I do am a big believer that fitness, mind toughening, brain building and daily practice of being ready for anything, even extraterrestrials is paramount. So hopefully everybody's out there training for the unexpected. First correction from last week is VAERS. I mentioned the VAERS, which is the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System. I will link that below because I didn't clarify what this was and I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that this existed. So if you are having any adverse effects or if you would like to go back and look at all the reports and you know what's been going on with that, the, the information is out there. You just need to know where to go. So I've, I have been talking a little bit about that and I did mention it, but I think I called it VASA, VASA or something. It's VAERS, V-A-E-R-S. Next would be somebody told me to go watch The Handmaid's Tale and holy shit, I even, I signed back up on Hulu and I started watching it and holy shit, I think I'm only three episodes in, so don't give me any spoilers, but guys, I mean, how... How archaic and how dystopian is that? So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I think they did four seasons, and I'm way late to the game because I'm on season one, obviously, a couple episodes in. But wow, I, I'm you know I can't believe I missed this one. So I'm I'm running a little late. I might be talking about that later, but I just wanted to mention that I started that. I noticed that during my recordings and going through editing, I miss whole words. I slur my words and I'm just letting everybody know that I'm not drunk, that I'm just lazy sometimes. And doing this is is part of me being able to practice speaking. I think it's a really important skill, being able to express our feelings and articulate our thoughts to other people because you know what? A closed mouth doesn't get fed. And I want to make sure that I am communicating effectively, not only in my personal life, but professionally and, you know, socially as well. And I forgot to add my sources for Stacy Socials last week. I'll be fixing that. So I did not add the links, I don't think. Um, I noticed that I may have been missing that. So I wanted to point that out. First, there's this message I got in my Facebook and I really want to talk about people who don't listen. Okay. So I've been in a relationship for four years and sometimes old associates like to message you. Let's see if I can find it. On Tuesday, I get this message. It says, Stacy baby, when are you coming to see me? How have you been? So I didn't reply, but I want to share with you the message I sent to him right before this which he obviously didn't read because the last interaction was on June 20th of 2020. And he said, Hey, how's life? I said, great. Hope you're doing well. He said, good to hear. When are you coming to see me? This is June of last year. People. I said the same day. I said, I'm not, I've been in a relationship for over three years. Thanks for the offer though. And then Tuesday, like I just said, he messages me, when are you coming to see me? How have you been? And this is like uh, step one to getting blocked. So I'm just putting that out there. Don't do that to people. Read their messages because they're going to get really annoyed with you and not reply at all. The next thing is this incredible post. This is some feel-good news, guys. And I wanted to share it because it's a great story. 
So Levante Dell, he was recently pulled over by a cop. And this is his post on his Facebook page. Yesterday, I was pulled over in Westland for my window tent. This stop was nothing like I thought it would be. He got my shit and was walking back to the car and seeing my daughter wasn't in a car seat. So he asked me to get out and speak with him. He asked why I didn't have one. And I told him I'd been through what he'd been through this year. And he was barely making it because of garnishments and really didn't like asking people for stuff. And this is, he goes on to say, do you know this white police officer told me to follow him to Walmart on Ford Road and he purchased my daughter a car seat with his own money. If you would have seen us in Walmart, we would have looked like we were best friends. I was, it was like night and day. He got me hella tats walking side by side with a white officer whistling at that. I've been calling all day trying to get his name because I was in shock. I didn't even look at his name tag. Never judge a book by its cover. It's most definitely is some good guys left. I told him I never met an officer like you. He said, I'm just doing my job. What good would giving you a ticket do besides putting you further in the hole, making it harder on you to come up? Westward Police Department posted shortly after, the Westland Police Department would like to express how proud we are of the officer responsible, Officer Joshua Scaglione. We would also like to thank the driver, Levante Bell, or Dell, for coming forward and sharing this experience with us. In a world filled with negative stories, the fact that you shared yours has had an unbelievably positive impact on all of us. Thank you. And then there's a picture. I will link that below so you guys can see that. The next thing is a warning to parents about this website that I had to ask my kid if she was using. I wasn't able to find the post, but my local police department actually put out an alert to parents about this website called Omegle, which is a platform in which you can anonymously chat with strangers. And you can get on there, you, you don't have to verify your age or anything, and you basically, they connect you with people that are on there. And this is the perfect setup for some predator scum to be able to talk to kids or try to solicit personal information from them. So it's really, really unsafe. And I suggest you talk to your kids that maybe they're not using that. Hopefully not because it's not safe. Definitely don't need to chat with strangers. I think my mom would have freaked the hell out if I was using that. And I was a kid, they didn't have the internet. We didn't even have cell phones. There, you know, and then when the internet came out, I think I was like 17 or 18 and my mom was not okay with me. We had Yahoo chat and she was not okay with me with what I was doing for sure. So that's, I wanted to warn you guys about Omegle because it's one that's perfect for predators to troll little kids. The next video is a social experiment prank that they did that I found on Instagram from scalps and it says that it's a staged psychological experiment to see how people might react to a child abduction happening right in front of them and you could tell that this video is kind of grainy you see this kid walking down the street and it's with you know other people are walking past him and you could tell it's pretty recent because these people are walking down the street wearing masks and this guy comes up behind this kid snatches him and pulls him off to the side into a dark alley and the people walking by clearly see it and they barely 
even look and they just keep walking, staring at their phones or doing whatever they're doing. There is a link to the original post. I will make sure that it's linked below so you can check it out, but it's baffling. Uh, I don't know if maybe they biasedly didn't include people that ran after them to try to stop them, but you'd think you'd think that they would include those because if they're really collecting data on what people would do if they saw this, you'd expect for there to be some people to react or try to stop what the hell was going on. But this says that no one intervened, no one called the cops, and only one person casually mentioned to someone that something odd had just happened, and then he quickly walked away. This is concerning, folks. The next thing I want to remind you about is a video that came out about four years ago. I'm going to post the link to the YouTube video below. Is this hidden camera social experiment they did on this woman in a waiting room. She goes in there and there's a bunch of people sitting down reading magazines or whatever and she sits down and then this buzzer goes off in which the people that are sitting around her respond by standing up and then sitting back down. And they do it several times until pretty soon she starts to do it just because everybody else is doing it. She doesn't question it. She just automatically starts to mimic what the people around her are doing. And I think this is a lot of the reason why the bystander effect is applicable in the previous mention of the abduction scenario. People do not want to stand out from a crowd. People do not want to take responsibility for something that's happening. They want to be in the middle of the pack. They don't want to be the risk takers. They, I think people are maybe, maybe evolutionarily designed to stick to the middle because it's the safest place to be. And, and then there's a lot of people like that. So I don't really understand why a lot of people do not want to take leadership roles and responsibilities, especially when it comes to trying to help someone else or when you're like, you're thinking in the waiting room situation, I think I probably would have at least said something like, hey, why are you guys doing that? Do I need to be doing that? Or verbally communicated why I was perplexed as to what was going on instead of just automatically mimicking what people were doing and not knowing the reason why. These are the type of situations that make me think really hard about human behavior and, and what the majority of people are doing and, and why it's so scary to be an outlier, why it's so scary to be the anomalous person in the group, the one that might take more risks, might question authority, might want to know the true reason of why, why we're doing things the way that we are. And once again, that's why I'm here. That's why Fringe with Benefits exists because these are the things we need to be talking about. There's a problem in society if a child can be snatched off the street and people don't do anything about it. And there's something wrong with society if somebody exhibits behavior in which they wouldn't necessarily participate in, but they do because everybody else is. There's a whole lot of influence and manipulation going on. And I'm calling it out for what it is, folks. Welcome to the mailbag. Let's dive right in. 
Ooh, look, it's empty. I ain't gonna lie to you folks. I basically got somebody trying to solicit a mailing address for me in case I wanted to market to some people and a slip resistant and surface friendly material for coasters. That was in fringe with benefits at protonmail.com. So obviously I didn't get anything, but I do have a story from a friend of mine who told me that I could share it on the podcast. And it's a pretty interesting story of fraud, deceit, and taking advantage of elderly people. So this is the gist of it. Well, first, let me tell you, please send your mail to send your scary stories, your ghost stories, your stories of betrayal and mistrust, your stories of paranoia, maybe even a good friggin' hangover story would be cool. Send it to fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. Let's fill up my mailbag, people. Okay, so the story here, I'm going to change everybody's name except for the perpetrator who I'm going to use his first name because he's a douche canoe. His name is Steven. So basically what he did was he filed a fraudulent claim of discrimination against the USDA saying that, okay, and this was under his great aunt's name, I believe. He claimed discrimination that they wouldn't sell her this plot of land for a tree farm. I don't know if they discriminated because she was a woman. I I don't believe it was a color discrimination. I'm not sure what kind of discrimination that he claimed, but the USDA paid out $50,000 to this person's trust. And this was under the, a woman's name who had been dead for 19 years. This is like his great aunt or his grandma or something. So he claimed discrimination and filed a suit of discrimination against the USDA about a tree farm in a family member's name who had been dead for almost two decades. And then what he did is he took all the paperwork because it was it was um, awarded under a family trust and he took the paperwork to this older woman who was his aunt the only living person of the original person that he filed this claim under who has been dead for a long time who this lady was really really old and he went to her house and he convinced her to sign all this paperwork signing all of that money over to him in which it would have been awarded to her mind you And he lied to her, saying she was signing something else. And this woman was older, confused, didn't know. It's got a basic uh, grade-level education. He took advantage of her, had her sign this paperwork, and he was awarded the $50,000. By the time the family caught wind of this, they tried to get the USDA to prosecute. They purported him, and they would not prosecute him, saying that it would have cost more money than he'd actually scammed. So this guy got away with it. I guess he hired a fat cat attorney who was extremely expensive. So at least, you know, that money went somewhere, but he got away with it. Now, if you're the kind of person that would fraudulently file a discrimination suit under somebody else's name and then con an older person into signing away that money because you couldn't get your grubby hands on it in the first place because it was wrapped up in a trust, but then you manipulate somebody to sign paperwork, you're a real piece of shit. And I just wanted to tell this person, Stephen, karma is out for you, sir. There are a lot of stories like this in which people will take advantage of the system 
and victimize other people. I mean, you don't have to victimize people physically. You can victimize them in other ways. And this was really, really going above and beyond. And he gets the douchebag award for 2021. Once again, send me your mail. Fringe with benefits at protonmail.com. Okay, we're going to we're going to get a little dark for our weekly topic real quick and then we're going to go a little bit more lighthearted in my opinion. Okay, for first first things first, I'm going to try to get this information before the weekend's over out to you, but I highly doubt anybody's going to listen to it before this window of time closes, but there's breaking news right now. I linked below an article from space.com that a huge Chinese rocket will fall to Earth this weekend and there is a 24-hour live feed on tracking it and where it's going to fall. And my partner, you know, we're making breakfast and he's like, hey, guess what? The Chinese have a rocket up there. It's supposed to fall to Earth and they just don't give a shit. And there's this live feed tracking it. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? So it's going to fall somewhere. Let's hope that it doesn't fall where there's going to be people. So I guess it's a Long March 5B booster, and it's falling back to Earth in an uncontrolled descent with re-entry currently expected early Sunday, and you can track its fall on one of several websites. It's a 23-ton core stage, likely to fall in an uninhabited area, they say, given that 70% of the Earth's surface is covered by ocean. People are keeping an eye out just in case, because you never know. And as of early today, today Saturday, this falling rocket booster was forecast to re-enter Earth's atmosphere over the southern Pacific Ocean on Sunday around midnight. They're going to keep us posted and everybody should keep an eye on this. Hopefully it falls somewhere where it's not going to hurt anybody or cause any destruction. Otherwise, what the hell? And then I heard from somebody else that this isn't the first time that they had actually done that, had some kind of renegade rocket falling out of the sky. And I think that that's really irresponsible and ridiculous. Okay, lighthearted. I'm not sure if we've done a weekly topic on Dogman before. If you haven't heard of Dogman, you could pretty much think of any stereotypical werewolf besides like the old... Uh, horror movie werewolf where it just looks like a guy that has hair on his face no we're talking about completely ripped stacked big dog head big muscles big claws the back legs are like that of a dog's they can run on all fours they could stand up and that they look like a freaking monster and a demon and these have been reported people have seen them there's even been deaths of animal attacks in which they weren't sure what actually got these people. There was an older woman that passed away from being attacked on a walk. And this is like usually the rural Kentucky area. And then there was a adolescent age kid who was attacked by dogs. Of course, he passed away. They took DNA from the wounds and there it was an unknown genome. So today we're going to get into the Michigan Dogman and the Beast of Bray Road. In Michigan folklore, the Michigan Dogman was witnessed in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan. The creature is described to be seven feet tall, blue-eyed, or amber-eyed. Usually they say it's like red glowing eyes. A bipedal canine with the torso of a man, a fearsome howl. It sounds like a human scream. 
It appears, according to their legend, in 10-year cycles that fall on years ending in seven. And the sightings have been reported in several locations throughout Michigan, primarily in the northwestern quadrant of lower, the Lower Peninsula. In 1987, it gained popularity when a disc jockey recorded a song about the creature and its reported sightings. It says that the creature was unknown to most of the modern world until very late in the 20th century. It's said to have been stalking the area around the Manistee River since the days when the Adawa tribes lived there. Ottawa, uh, Adawa, Adawa, A-D-A-W-A. Authentic sources for sightings have been made prior to 1987, but that's when that song came out. The first alleged encounter occurred in 1887 when two lumberjacks saw a creature which they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. I don't know if you guys remember this, but several episodes back, I shared a video in which this guy was filming outside of his back door, and you literally see one of these creatures walk it through the frame. And you guys could totally find it if you search dogman backyard guy filming. <laughs> I think it was a Reddit post, actually. And then in 1937 in Paris, Michigan, Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs, and he said one of the five walked on two legs. There were also reports of similar creatures that also came from Allegheny County in the 1950s and in Manistee Cross Village, oh, Manistee and Cross Village in 1967. Now, if we go to The Beast of Bray Road, written by Linda S. Godfrey, this is the Wisconsin werewolf. Also, a humanoid wolf-like creature witnessed in or near the rural community of Elkhorn, Walworth County, Wisconsin. This is now a part of Wisconsin folklore and has been the subject of several books, documentaries, and a horror film. This is named for the Farm Road, Bray Road, in which it was first sighted. <laughs> Reports of this creature in the 1980s and 1990s prompted a local newspaper, the Walworth County Week, to assign reporter Linda Godfrey she's very famous now, to cover this story. She was super skeptical at first, but then later became convinced of the sincerity of the witnesses, and so she later wrote the book The Beast of Bray Road. There have been reports of animal mutilations, including deer, livestock, partially eaten, with organs removed. Another witness reported driving down the road late one night observed an unusually large wolf-like creature eating an animal which had been hit by a car. The creature ran into the woods when the vehicle approached. There were sightings that continued as recent as February 2018 and July of 2020 when alleged witnesses observed a large hair-covered upright creature in Walworth County. These sightings are still happening. If you research and you look into dogman encounters, there, there are thousands of reports of people seeing this thing. And I know it doesn't seem very likely that there's this werewolf-like creature rolling around that's absolutely terrifying, but a lot of people are reporting it, and I do believe in their sincerity. Of course, there's all kinds of theories as far as what it could be, like maybe it was a large gray wolf, or a Great Pyrenees, or Newfoundland. Give me a break. That's not very likely. That's, that's like saying that the Mothman was a heron, or an owl. And some people say that these were hoaxes and mass hysteria causing falsehoods and, you know, basically lumping all of these sightings under one label of 
bullshit. And I just don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. If you guys listen to the Confessionals podcast, which is one of my favorites, he recently had a guy on who's a Kentucky coon hunter who had lot or still does have a lot of coon hunting dogs, hound dogs. And he tells this incredible story. And I'm telling you, you're on the edge of your seat. You have to listen to this show. Maybe I'll link it below. Confessionals podcast, latest one. It's episode 335, Dog versus Dog Man. And it's very well told. It's very intense. You can hear the emotion in his voice when he talks about one of his coon dogs who risked his life to save his life. And this dog went after this dog man that was coming after this kid. And it's a really intense encounter. And there's sightings like this all over Kentucky and all over that area. So I really wanted to give you guys something to think about. I mean, you can laugh, you can scoff all you want. But when it comes right down to it, people are seeing it. And most likely it could be real. There are some theories that maybe it was like it's a Dr. Moreau's Island type of situation in which it was a, a science experiment gone wrong, some sort of gene modification, gene splicing, a hybrid mixed of a dog and a human. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's a naturally occurring animal. Maybe it's a multidimensional animal. Maybe it's a demon. Some people think that. It's a fascinating topic. Something I would love to discuss more, and if you have had a sighting that is that unusual, or, you know, skinwalker-ish like, make sure you send it to me in my mailbag so I can read it on the show, because I am a believer, and I do believe y'all. Even if you were to try to trick me, I'd probably still give you the benefit of the doubt. Our guest spot this week goes to a good friend of mine, Jake Nodar. Go visit his Instagram page linked below. He did start a TikTok and of course he's freaking brilliant and he puts out a calendar each year. He's really, really creative and he does some really hilarious stuff. So I suggest you order his calendar. I think it's extrathirsty.com. But if you follow his social medias, he will notify you of when those go on sale and where you can find those. Somebody who is able to do what he does has great intelligence, and he's an excellent survivalist. So go follow Jake Nodar. He's an incredible follow. He's going to brighten your day, because we all need to laugh now and again. First, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, good moms, and even the bad moms, and even the fur baby moms. Happy Mother's Day. It looks like that that rocket hasn't killed a bunch of people yet, so I'm pretty sure everything's good. I'm wondering if that was a false flag. I don't know. Let me know what you think. But now we were at... Inward Survival School of Magic, and this week I'm going to talk about something. This is something we know that happens all the time, and I think everybody has experienced it. We are going to go over an article by the SystemThinker.com called The High Cost of Negative Human Behavior. So everybody's 
you know, been hanging out with your friends and everybody's, you know, razzing on each other and making fun of each other. It's just one of those things that people do. It's a way of people bonding. And sometimes, sometimes they'll, you know, use personal attacks in their humor. From the article, quote, what are the roots of negative humor? Some might argue that they lie in American-style individualism, which pits one person against the other in a race to be the best, first, fastest, or smartest. Part of the winning strategy is to intimidate, put down, or best others by discounting them in their position, opinion, and performance. When we zing a group of people based on their race, religion, sexual orientation, gender, weight, or other characteristics, we feel superior to them. And when others laugh at our zingers, we feel affirmed and justified. What is the result of this tactic? When we are the targets, we may pay the price in lowered self-esteem, self-doubt, anxiety, and loss of energy. A quick contribution from me, loss of energy, energy vampires, toxic personalities, things like that. Back to the article. It's hard to stay motivated at work when you begin to question your credibility within the organization and fear weakens the immune system, which increases illnesses and absenteeism. Fear also weakens performance because our brain does not operate properly when it's in a state of fear. The article goes on to say, in many instances, the offended person falls into the double bind of being insulted and then told not to feel insulted. In fact, the retort, can't you take a joke, implies that you are overly sensitive. This puts the labeler in control and the labeled as unworthy of a valid complaint. When we aren't the intended victim of a mean-spirited jibe, but rather someone on the sidelines listening and observing... We may feel that our personal integrity has been eroded. If we laugh at negative humor, we are tacitly agreeing with the joke teller and buying into his or her point of view. If we don't laugh, we risk being excluded or the butt of the next joke. We may be chided, loosen up, or perhaps where's your sense of humor? But although it may seem like harmless fun, negative humor can be emotional bullying or verbal abuse in its most vicious form, even if we aren't the targets. What a concept, right? Over time, it can strip us of our sensitivity, empathy, and compassion. What are the costs to the larger organization of negative humor? They include dysfunctional teams, internal competition rather than cooperation, less than optimal performance, loss of trust, absenteeism, and a shift in focus from organizational goals to petty agendas. When people josh at the expense of another's dignity or worth, they inadvertently create a hostile, polarizing culture. Okay, so everybody listening has experienced this in a group of people or maybe in harmless jest against yourself, making fun of your weaknesses. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making jokes. Sometimes, though, at other people's expenses, when that's all you got as far as your humor goes, it creates, like it said a hostile, polarizing culture. What's the difference between negative humor and positive humor? Maybe negative humor is what we're most used to. But here's a list. It puts others down. It laughs at the expenses of others. I'm sorry. It laughs at the expense of others, humiliates, discounts, ridicules, 
stereotypes people as all alike, is mean-spirited, is self-aggrandizing, is defensive, competitive, and offensive, polarizes the listener, splitting off from empathy, challenges the right of others to think differently. Yeah, we make fun of people for how they're thinking. Belittling, demeans, and ridicules, erodes our dignity and the pride and the spirit of others. I saw this recently in a political cartoon in which it did most of these things. It belittles, demeaned, it challenged the right of others to think differently, and it polarized the viewer of this cartoon. It did a whole lot of things in just a stupid, silly, kind of funny cartoon. It wasn't funny at all, in fact, because it conditions us into negative behaviors. Now, positive humor, it lifts others up, laughs with others, gently makes it safe to admit our frailties, lifts up and honors difference. So yeah, sharing experience. It's gentle-spirited, it's humble, it's open, vulnerable, and safe. It integrates the listener with self and others, invites the listener to be curious about the unexplored and undiscussed aspects of life, such as our human foibles. Giggles at the human frailties we all share. Yeah, when we're, you know, sitting around giggling about how we're all going to die. That's, you know, we're, we're communing, we are identifying with each other, and we are putting each other all at the same level of understanding and humility. And then it goes on to say, it lifts us up as precious beyond those moments of embarrassment and failure we all wish to forget. Totally different. I'd like to once again say this article is fantastic. TheSystemsThinker.com, The High Cost of Negative Humor. It goes on to say the healing benefits of humor are, quote, it's easy to be a critic. It doesn't take much talent to find fault with others. Responsible dialogue, on the other hand, it takes great skill, energy, intelligence, and insight. We must have the ability to hear meaning beyond the words and empathize with others and to move beyond personal positions, biases, and life experiences. Thoughtful, respectful people question the thinking of others in ways that do not discount them, their motives, or their ability to think, but rather focus on the assumptions, logic, or basis for their statements. This approach is the foundation of a healthy, positive learning environment. Let's, let's go through that again. Thoughtful, respectful people question the thinking of others in ways that do not discount them, their motives, or their ability to think, but rather focus on the assumptions, logic, or basis for their statements. This approach is the foundation of a healthy, positive learning environment. To be playful and humorous within the context of respectful dialogue is an art form that reveals the highest sense of character, intelligence, and emotional well-being. It's a goal worthy of all of our efforts to learn to achieve. It's a goal worthy of all our efforts to learn to achieve. The world will be a better place should we accept this demanding challenge. It is a demanding challenge. And I think about this a lot when I'm in situations in which that negative humor is the driving force. And it, do, it makes things extremely uncomfortable. Maybe not for some, but for people like me. Not that I'm saying that I have high character or anything, but I've I've grown beyond that kind of playful banter. I saved a scientific paper to use for Inward Survival's curriculum. 
It's titled, it's from the School Psychology Review publication. It's titled, A Meta-Analysis of School-Based Bullying Prevention Programs Effects on Bystander Intervention Behavior. Basically, it explored bullying prevention programs with increasing bystander intervention in bullying situations. The study was out of 12,874 students. These 12 school-based programs were successful. The programs increased bystander intervention, which basically it is, is somebody who's witnessing bullying steps in and said, hey, come on, that's not okay. When we tell people that are circumstantially in the right place at the right time, that we have an obligation to step up. And as we discussed earlier with the social experiments, people don't really like to step up. But if we can encourage them to be more brave, they're more likely to step up. These result, the results of this paper suggest that researchers and school administrators should consider implementing programs that focus on bystander intervention behavior supplementary to the bullying prevention programs. I think all those things are important because there's not just bullying that happens on the schoolyard. It happens everywhere we go. It happens at the workplace. It happens, I guess it could happen at the gym. That happened to me one time, kind of. Not that the guy bullied me, but he came over and said some really inappropriate things and I and it wasn't about being a girl. It was about, it was some racist comments he had made about a personal trainer at the gym. And I reported this guy to the owners of the gym and they canceled his membership because that's inappropriate and shitty. And if I would have never said anything, that guy would have went around talking all of his smack and nobody would have ever checked him for his bad behavior. When we stand together and we say we're not going to allow this to continue... It tends to stop. So I hope that our School of Magic this week maybe helped you reflect on how some people like to use negative humor, that maybe it's not healthy, and that maybe you're in a situation in which something bad is happening in front of you and you are in the power to try to make it stop. A little bit of personal responsibility isn't going to hurt no one. Our Stoic of the Week is Cyrus the Great, and he said, Success should always call for showing greater kindness, generosity, and justice. Only people lost in the darkness treat it as an occasion for greater greed. You cannot be buried in obscurity. You are exposed upon a grand theater to the view of the world. If your actions are upright and benevolent, be assured they will augment your power and happiness. All men have their frailties, and whoever looks for a friend without imperfections will never find what he seeks. Everyone have a great week. Bye.